Ah. Ah. Yeah. Stretch it out. <laughs> a little bit. All right. You know who else needs to probably stretch out a little bit? Nebraska Cornhuskers. All right, here Ooh. we go. <laughs> yeah. Keep getting injured. <laughs> That'll be the cold open. Yeah. Here we go in three, two. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to Siza and the Stash, two cats talking about sports. I'm Austin the Stash. With me, as always, the one and only Parker Siza. I am the one and the only. How are you today, Austin? Doing well. Have you ever thought about if you actually are the one and only? I know that I am the one and only Austin Postolka on Facebook. Really? The only one. There is no other Austin Postolka on Facebook. I'm almost positive there is no other Parker Siza. Because I, <laughs> I think that's another... Uh, it, it's, there's a lot of Austins. There's a lot of sure. Parkers. Absolutely. But there's not a lot of Sizes and Pistolkas in the world. Correct. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I would bet that I'm the only person named... Parker Siza feels kind of good, doesn't I it? I would, uh, yeah, and I would think you're probably the only person named Austin Pistolka. But pretty uh, safe yeah. bet, yeah, pretty uh, safe bet. I would interesting. Say so. I mean, the I my wife went from Stewart to Pistolka, so mm-hmm. she went from being one of probably 300 million Elizabeth Stewarts <laughs> yeah, in the world yeah. to to probably one of maybe. Uh, listen, Elizabeth, pretty pretty common name, yeah. might be four. Elizabeth Postolka's yeah. all time. There's probably I, a few. Yeah, yeah. It's an older name, mm-hmm. you know. So one that that has been around for a while. I bet there was a was an Elizabeth Postolka before this, but it's pretty good. My uh, my sister Kennedy went from Kennedy Siza, probably not a lot of those yeah. around the world, to a Kennedy Smith, and I imagine Ooh. Kennedy Smith is pretty popular. I would so. imagine so. Feels <laughs> yeah. like a pretty common yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smith is that the most common last name? Smith probably. Uh, it's got to be up there. Smith or Jackson, Jackson Johnson. Yeah, is, yeah. Well, I guess in the world, maybe not, because we're forgetting about the Middle East and, and about Asian countries. You know, they right. they don't necessarily have a ton of like Win is mm-hmm. probably a super popular surname, uh, at least, you know, for for Korea and all that sort of stuff. So W-I-N or W? Uh, N-G- oh, oh. N-G-U-Y-E-N, oh, okay. I think is it okay. Win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's how you spell win. News to you. <laughs> that is how you spell win. I also did spell win correctly as well. Yeah, that's but correct. uh, there, yeah, there are multiple <laughs> ways of spelling win. <laughs> right. So uh, from from news of how to spell win to news that just seems to get wilder and wilder. This Michigan controversy, sign stealing controversy. It just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Parker can like, I I'm not on X.com. I'm not on Twitter. Not so on I don't Elon get, Musk's uh, I'm not. <laughs> platform, right? I spend most of my time on TikTok, and mm-hmm. TikTok has has given me some information on what's going on here. But I need you to give me the full picture of what's going on. Yeah. Here. So essentially, uh, Michigan is under fire for allegedly. Sending a uh, gentleman named Connor Stallions, which is a heck of a name. Great name. Heck of a name. Uh, he's a former military uh, officer, 
And uh, man, can you imagine your drill sergeant is yeah. drill sergeant stallions? stallions. Yeah, goodness, <laughs> you're in trouble in that uh, in that <laughs> uh, drill camp. Yeah. Anyway, so they uh, he was a former Marine who uh, was hired on staff at Michigan in 2021, and uh, it's been alleged that uh, he has been sent around to about 11 different Big Ten schools over the last two or three years. To scout the other opponent, to scout to scout Ohio State mainly, uh, to scout. He's he came to a few Nebraska games uh, within the last couple of years, and sometimes it's him, sometimes it's people that work under him, under his direction, that are going to these games to again in person scout, but to kind of take the signs and to look at what the teams are doing, only focus on what the coaches are signaling on the sidelines as far as checking down to a new play or uh, on defense or offense, and they're just trying to gain as much intel and as much information on that team as they possibly can uh, and then, you know, work on a game plan for that opponent coming and this up. this is illegal. Like, this I, is, like when, I, when I say this is illegal, this happens, This it feels like this happens a lot, especially in high school. I would imagine in pros, too, you know, the people go and watch film yeah. of other teams but it's specifically the sign stealing that is yeah. the problem. Well, what's interesting is, and I did not know this, but advanced in-person scouting is illegal in the NCAA. It's been illegal since really? 1995, and the only reason it became illegal is because programs could do it. You know, you could go if if you're a uh, if you're Tom Osborne, coach in Nebraska at that time, you could send some guys over to Kansas to watch the Kansas game and and take some notes. But they outlawed it because. Some schools couldn't afford it, and they wanted to keep a competitive... Uh. They didn't want to give a school a competitive advantage, so they just completely outlawed it. Of course, it's legal in high school football. You can go to any game you want to and, and send your players. And, and obviously, in the NFL, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's legal as well. But in college, it's not. So you can't send anybody to a school, that your school, to another game. And then, you know, you forget about, too, now they're filming on the sidelines, allegedly filming on the sidelines. There's supposed to be some... Uh, security camera footage from around uh, stadiums that that's going to be released of them, you know, with like handheld camera recorders, just just paying attention to what the other team is doing, sign wise. Really? And uh, I, you know, I, it's tough to get what I actually. It, it's tough to think that this is much of an advantage because you still have to play the game. You know, it, it's still sure. about it's still about physicality. It's still about uh, you know you can know what the other team is doing. You still have to stop it. But it's the fact that Michigan went to these kind of bounds to do this is a little bit interesting to me that they had to send somebody on the road steal these signs and allegedly this had started in 2021 in 2020 Michigan was two and four all right they were not good and Harbaugh was on the way out they were gonna play Ohio State that year in 2020 they did not because there was a COVID issue I can't remember if it was on Ohio State or on Michigan but they never played that game I would think because Michigan had one of the worst defenses in the country that year. They would have lost that game like 59 to 10. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh might have been fired, might have been let go. He was lucky that he survived that COVID season in 2020 when they went 2 and 4. Went in that offseason in, in the 2021 offseason they hired a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, and you know Jim Harbaugh's this, you know, Michigan man. He graduated from Michigan. He's not coming to Michigan to fail, to lose, right. and to get out of here. So, He's no Scott Frost. I mean, no, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so if you think of it that way, it, it does. There's a lot of smoke here, and it does make a lot of sense. He yeah. he tried to get every bounds to be really, really good in the Big Ten. Now, before that, and I don't have the exact numbers, so I do apologize, but I saw a, a graphic where from 2016 when Harbaugh was there to 2020, 
they were 16 and 17 mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, and they were 0 and 5 against Ohio State. And mm-hmm. since 2021, allegedly when all of this started, they're like 18 and 5 in yeah. the Big Ten and 2 and 0 against Ohio State. Man. So it, it flipped just like that, and it's not you know Michigan has had similar recruiting classes all throughout the year, so it's not like they're getting new players and or, or they're, they're getting new players all the time, but they're not getting like better players, better recruiting classes. It's kind of the same. But they took this massive jump from year six to year seven, and now we're in year eight of Harbaugh. They took this jump this late. I mean, it's a lot of it is fishy. A lot of it is weird, and and you just have to think that, well, maybe there was a really, really big competitive advantage that Michigan gained by doing this, by, by sending covert operations to teams' football stadiums to their games and figuring out their signs. I Now the question is, too, do a lot of schools do this? Does, are there are there any other? Come on, there can't be just Michigan doing this. That's right. probably true. I, I would think maybe there are a couple of other schools in college football that do this, but Michigan got caught, and uh, we'll see what ends up happening. It's just so blatant of a of a rule violation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's why I'm really shocked by it. Does it really make that big of a difference? Clearly, it does, mm-hmm. because otherwise. Michigan was not on this path, and now they are on this path, right? And so it's – I I don't like it because it's so blatantly against the rules, and it's so above and beyond to go pay someone to yeah. go to these other games when, in reality, you get game film every single week. Yeah. Like, how how big of a difference does knowing those signs give you? Apparently – Quite a bit, yeah, yeah, and you know, yes, you can see signs on game film if you're if you're watching if if Michigan is preparing for Ohio State mm-hmm. and they're they're watching a television broadcast or you get access to you know Ohio State has to put all their film on on a platform. I mean, every team Absolutely. does that so you can prepare for the team. You could get the signs on that, you know, however it works. But being there in person and you know actually. Only filming, like, I, I'm I'm guessing here, and I'm alleging, but I'm guessing that <laughs> because they said that they were filming these signs, that they only have a camera pointed on the coaching staff for these plays, and then they could go back and, you know, look at the game film and, and match the two together to go, okay, this was... So So I, I think that's the... Just being there in person, I, I felt like, probably gave them such a bigger advantage. And it's not like they were just, you know, they went to a bunch of Ohio State games, these, these Michigan scouts, so they were they were really trying to prepare for them. Uh, they were trying to prepare also for some SEC teams, Tennessee and and Georgia. Mm-hmm. They were out as well as they thought they'd see them in the playoff. They did not go to TCU, which is interesting. There, and there they got is, beat by TCU. There is also rumor that they gave South Carolina. Oh, you just, a bug just flew right onto your j- shirt. Oh, golly. <laughs> Get it off, flick it off. Ladybug. The ladybug. We're being attacked Get by ladybugs here. here in the studio. Ah. That thing jumped from like up here and shot. <laughs> you, you lo- I, I like made sure it wasn't in my mustache at first. And I didn't see it. I was like, is it still? Is, you were still looking. Is yeah, it still like it? No, no. It's <laughs> anyway, there, there's also rumor yeah. that, that this guy gave those signs to South Carolina because South Carolina absolutely trounced Tennessee to keep Tennessee out of the college football playoffs yep. a year ago, yep. and, which then helped Michigan get in and then yep. also 
help Michigan not have to play them. And you can see from how the quarterback played, I think he, he averaged like 150 yards a game passing, something like that. And in the last two... The South Carolina quarterback? South Carolina oh, yeah, quarterback. Yeah. And then Rattler. in the last... Yeah. In the last two games, he threw... He blew up. Went yeah. for like 350, 400 yards in the last two games. Marcus Satterfield was his offensive coordinator there at South Carolina. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah. just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So there, there's there's all that. And then add on top of it, I've heard rumor and innuendo that this Stallions guy was gunning for the Michigan head coaching job eventually. So, so there was this Michigan manifesto he put out. Did you did you hear about I've this? Heard, I, I Just barely. So... Yeah, yeah. Michigan Manifesto is what okay. it was called. It's not a political thing. Now, Michigan's a state where you could see something like a Michigan Manifesto Absolutely. happening <laughs> in, a, in a big political uproar. But uh, apparently, this the, this guy, uh, along with a couple of other staffers at Michigan, um, wrote a like 550 to 600 page Jeez. books uh, on how they would get Michigan football back to the top and keep it at the top sustainably. For Jeez. years and years now, there, I don't think much has been like reported on this Michigan. That that's that's another piece to this story, and uh, maybe this was kind of published before 2021, and you know maybe they they got wind of it, and maybe <laughs> Jim Harbaugh again under some pressure at Michigan was like, you know, let's get this guy that what, what's this uh, what's this giant booklet <laughs> on my desk titled Michigan Manifest. Let me flip through this. <laughs> Jeez, we got to get this guy on staff. <laughs> this guy, like, it's this just, guy's right. This guy has it figured out. It makes a ton of sense. It really it does. does. So, I, I, what now? The final question here that we could talk about is what's going to happen from this. A lot of people are saying that you know Harbaugh is, uh, you know, he's under some other investigations. Obviously, still with the uh, giving away cheeseburgers during COVID, that whole yeah. thing that's been going on that that he sat three thing. games for uh, this year. So there's a lot under Harbaugh, and uh, you got to wonder if uh, this gets louder and louder and worse and worse. This might be the last year for Harbaugh at Michigan, and then Michigan's going to have to make a change. And then does Michigan get hit with some kind of bowl ban or some kind of season-long ban where they can play the games, but none of them are going to count? You get kind of a they call it a death penalty, right? Yeah. I mean that that could happen, but I uh, wonder wonder how the NCAA is treating this. I can tell you they are treating it pretty interestingly serious because you know mm-hmm. they they don't like to do these kind of things during the season but the NCAA officials are on Michigan's campus right now interviewing asking questions trying to comb through everything they can and that just doesn't happen very no. often especially during a football season so I don't know if there's going to be some kind of definitive answer uh, for their future this season or anything on this this season I think it's going to wait till the off season. Uh, but the NCAA is all over this right now, so we'll see. And, you know, Matt Rule was kind of asked yeah. about that situation, and he basically said, well, this is why you need to put communication yes. in the helmets. Yes, that's, right? that's the biggest thing. So the NFL has the the quarterback and the middle linebackers headset with with a microphone in their helmet where they can hear the play call. And they usually are either talking to the head coach or the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator or the linebackers coach, whatever, on, on the defensive side. And that gets rid of all of this. The NFL yeah. does that. 
high school, not here in Nebraska, but some high school states have Texas this. Texas has yeah, it. Yeah. Florida yep. definitely has yep. it. So it's legal there, and, and Nebraska could do it if they wanted to. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, there are probably $1,000 a mic sure. and a headset, so it's a ton of money, but uh, that, you know, definitely Power 5 program, every Power 5 program would be able to pay for something like this, and I think a lot of coaches want to see that happen, and if I were to bet, then it, more than like Michigan getting a death penalty, more than Harbaugh coming back or staying at Michigan, the most solid thing I know is I think this is going to be a new rule in college football next year. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That makes a lot of sense to me. But, I mean, that just means Michigan's going down. The thing about it means that Michigan is going to get punished for something that doesn't matter in a year. You know what I mean? Which is kind of wild to think about. But, I mean... Can't. If yeah. you don't want to do the time, don't do the crime. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Matt Rule said it, too. Uh, he said, everybody steals signs. Everybody does. Uh, you try to do it when you're watching the game, or you try to do it during the game. He, uh, Somebody was saying this, that Brett Bielema for Illinois is was always really known to kind of be a great decipher during the game on the sideline of yeah. what a team is doing, or if there are dummy calls, or, or whatever, but... That that's how you do it, right? That that's how you steal signs. You don't go these extra yes. measures. Sending a guy to a stadium and wa- having him it's and his crew. It's part of the gamesmanship yeah. during the game, yes. right? Yes. Like that's part of respect for the game. Is like absolutely, you try and steal signs, but you do it the right yep. way. You do it. You do it during the game. And you when know? you're when you're doing it, or when you're not doing it, and you're not good in the Big Ten, and you're not beating Ohio State, and then you start this program mm-hmm. in quotes program. And now you're 18 and five in the Big Ten, and you're two and zero against Ohio State. Something, something helped you out there yeah. pretty, pretty well. So Absolutely. that's what I think, and uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, uh, when I I used to coach softball, I used to coach like I think it was ten and twelve and under softball, and it was really fun because I did the whole classic yeah. baseball signs, and and I always did the. Watch for the ear. If I tug on the ear, the next sign is what I want you to pay attention to. And I got re the girls got really good at reading mm-hmm. the signs. And I have never been more proud in my entire life than when I, I was going like this, you know, I, I'm yeah. touching my nose, touching my ear, sliding down the arm, cross the belt, you know, yep. whatever, all these dummy signs. And then the third and then the and then the coach in the dugout goes, Watch the steal. I hadn't called for the steal. <laughs> it's one of the most satisfying <laughs> yeah. things ever, where it's like, you don't know. You don't know what these girls are doing. I'm in your head, man. Yeah, that's no, that's how it works. That's how it works, man. That's awesome. That uh, ear tug, nose touch, ear tug, nose that's touch, right. arm slide, uh-huh. belt slide, ear tug, nose touch, ear tug. I bet because it, it was my sister Grace's team, and I bet Grace might still know, might still be able to read the signs. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yep. But yep. speaking of Matt Rule, we need to talk about Nebraska taking on Purdue. Uh, Nebraska four and three, Purdue two and five. Nebraska is a two and a half point favorite, and it feels like it should be more. However, yep. we're playing with a team full of freshmen, so yep. uh, talk about the injury list. Talk about Oof. talk about what we can expect in this game. It's bad, it's bad. So Nebraska is going to be without three starting offensive linemen: Turner Corcoran, oh. Ethan Piper, Nui, Nuri Nuili. Uh, Corcoran and Piper are out for the year. Nuili should be back in a couple of weeks, according to Rule. And also starting wide receiver Billy Kemp, who is uh, kind of their experienced sort of maybe a leader on offense, just because he had been in a, in a pro. I mean, he was the starting wide receiver at Virginia for four years, then transferred here as a graduate, and 
tore his MCL, or, or not tore, uh, but something with his MCL because they do think he could be back mm. uh, by the end of the season. But, uh, you know, MCL doesn't sound it good. real bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Strained it. Doesn't sound good. So, yeah, a lot of injuries here for Nebraska, which, you know, I know we, we talked about a little bit on Monday uh, on our podcast, but it's just really... Uh, I mean, Rule said this is unbelievable. Uh, this he has not seen a season like this in in terms of injuries, and especially on one side of the ball. You know, yeah. it, it, it's not really defense is pretty healthy. Not really happening. On, there's been some guys banged up here and there, but uh, it has not been a big issue uh, for them. So that's that's been pretty tough. Yeah, absolutely, it's been pretty tough. And this Purdue team has they started the year uh, one and one, and they played a couple. Tough opponent. Yeah, they, they beat Virginia Tech, which is yeah. a good team now. They played last night on ESPN. They they were like two and one. They they were I think Virginia Tech might be one win away from going to a bowl game now. So yeah. like they they beat that team early in the season and then uh, also just smacked Illinois too. Yeah, I mean, we, we barely beat Illinois. It was twenty to seven, right? But they put forty four up on Illinois. So, so I don't this know. Is a, yeah. This is a good team. This is a good team. Not a great team. Definitely a team that Nebraska should beat yeah. if you're going off of. You know comparisons and all that sort of stuff, but I mean, this is their their schedule so far has been a little bit tougher than mm-hmm. Nebraska's, and they've they haven't played all of these teams great, but they have played a couple of them really, really good. Yep, yep. They uh they did lose to so they played the Wisconsin, Iowa, and Ohio State. Those were kind of three of their. Last like five games, so those tough teams, obviously the Big Ten, they lost all of those. They're coming off a loss, forty-one to seven, to Ohio State. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting. So they can put up points. They have put up points a lot this season. Twenty-nine or thirty-nine, thirty-five points. They put up thirty-eight. They put up forty-four. Uh, but they're an offense that uh, total offense that ranks seventy-eighth in the country. They're sixth in the Big Ten. That is better than Nebraska's overall. But you know their rush offense, they don't have a whole lot there. They're uh, average about one hundred forty yards on the ground. They're ninth in the Big Ten. They got a good running back, Devin Mockaby, who last year had one hundred seventy-nine yards against Nebraska. I don't know if you remember Ooh. that game when it was forty-five to forty-two. Uh, Nebraska oh, yeah. lost in Purdue. It was that Mockaby kid that just he was like their fourth-string running back going into the season last year, and then you know nobody was really. Talking about him before the Nebraska game, that was kind of his uh, his coming out party uh, last year against the Huskers. But so he could be a big deal, uh, Maccabi for Nebraska. Uh, but you know, Nebraska's run defense is among the best in the country. It is, uh, I think, one of the two best, yeah, second best in the Big Ten and uh, fourth best uh, in the entire country. So they're gonna Nebraska's got, I think, in the weather too is going to play out to Nebraska's mm-hmm. favor because. It's not going to be. I don't think there's going to be a lot of throwing the football uh, in this game for either team. So it's kind of going to be run dominant, and uh, I, I'm I'm com- very confident in Nebraska being able to uh, stop this team running the football. The question is to me for this game on Saturday is if Nebraska goes down early, like let's say Purdue scores first, they score a touchdown first, they get right down the field, and maybe they put another one up, like it's. 14 points in the in the in the first quarter. I just wonder if Nebraska is going to be able to come back from a deficit like that yeah. on offense. Given I I don't know I don't know if Nebraska is going to be able to put up a ton of points on Saturday. No. So they're going to have to hold Purdue under 10, and that's scary to say. Like you know, if it gets I don't over know. 10, I don't think I don't think that's as scary because of the defense that we yeah, have. Yeah, because Nebraska's defense is, is as solid as any defense in the country. The weather's going to play to their strength. I think that holding this Purdue offense under 10 points 
is beyond doable. Mm-hmm. I think that that's pretty pretty easily done. It's just a question for me, will Nebraska turn the ball over yeah. in bad spots? If Nebraska turns the ball over like while they're in the red zone go, going in, not as I know it's frustrating to not get any points, but not as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It's as good as a punt, yeah. right? Yep. Whereas if Nebraska turns the ball over inside their own red zone, then that leaves the Nebraska defense in a really tough spot because I, I, I'm going to say it. We know this Nebraska team is going to turn the ball over. We know that going into this game, and we have to account for it. So I don't know. I, I feel confident in this defense to hold Purdue. I'm not confident in this offense yeah. to not just let the ball well, hit the ground. Last week when they did turn over the ball in their own territory, Heinrich had both interceptions, mm-hmm. I think, inside the 35-yard yeah. line, So, and the defense was able to stop them for field goals both times. So can they get a similar kind of performance like that? <laughs> you're, you're putting your, your defense in such a tough spot when you do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can do it two weeks in a row. I look at Purdue a little bit more highly, I guess, offensively. I, I don't know why, but I guess I do just because you know they're Purdue. and Northwestern, I, I thought, was just... Awful yeah. on offense. I mean, they that running back. You remember that play that they had up the up the middle. They ran it up the middle. That the guy for Nebraska made a, a saving tackle. Yes, but that was the slowest running back I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. That was that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the ball was there. I could see it. No, no, like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I look at, I, I think a guy like Mockaby could really beat up Nebraska. And, and Hudson Card, 60% completion percentage. He's got seven touchdowns, uh, 1,600 yards on the season. You know, he could go for 220, 230 in the game and, and with a couple touchdowns. That, that I think could hurt. So, uh, saying all that, though, I, I'm a little bit with you. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Nebraska's defense is going to be the key and we'll pull it out for him. Okay. What's the score prediction for you? Uh, give me. Oh, give me uh, <laughs> 17 to 10. Oh, you and I are so close. Really? We're right on the same I mean, it's page. hard to not be close because you know Nebraska's not. I mean, you know every, every game is going to be like this. It's yep. going to be low scoring and tight. So what do you got? 17 to 6. Yeah. I think Nebraska, 17 points is a, is a pretty <laughs> solid number for, mm-hmm. for Nebraska to score. I th- I'm looking at the field goal kicker right now. He is two of six. Yeah. Yes. Their field goal kicker is not very good. The wind's going to be blowing. I bet they end up getting close enough for a couple chip shots, but not much else. So I think he kicks two field goals, doubles up his, his yeah. points for the year, and then Nebraska takes care of business on the ground. 17-6 to six is going to be my final score prediction. Julio Macias taking strays here on size of the stash. <laughs> Come on, man. Trying over here. It's always I'm windy. It sure is. It's always windy it's in always West Lafayette. Windy. Goodness gracious. <laughs> if I have to hear someone complain about the wind another time, I'm going to lose my freaking mind, dude. Oh, uh, goodness. Something to not complain about, something to look forward to, would be Nebraska Volleyball 19-0, and the new number one in the nation. Woo. They're taking on Maryland and Rutgers this weekend. It is, I mean, at this point, are these walks in the park? Or are we just waiting for the next Wisconsin match to I come think, along? I think Maryland's going to be interesting tonight, uh, Friday uh-huh. night. Um, you know, they're 14-8. and eight. Uh, They've lost three of their last four games, though, Oof. in the Big Ten. So they're coming in a little bit slow, but... Uh, if, if there's one that you just 
Yeah, watch. If if Maryland wins a set, watch out. You know, get, tune into this game. See what we've got going on here. Uh, it should be two walks in the park, though. You're right. I mean, Rutgers at 9-11 and 11 on the season. Uh, that's tomorrow. Nebraska has the best uh, defense in the Big Ten, second best in the country. They're only allowing opponents to hit 130. That's 13%. <laughs> Uh, of their uh, of their shots there over the net, and then uh, also pretty good offensively too, 14th uh, in the uh, country. So, uh, I, yeah, Nebraska is going to be 21 and 0, I think, by next week, and they were 20 and 0. They, they haven't been 20 and 0 since 2008. Uh, that was the last they started 20 and 0 that year. I think went to the championship. I have to look back. I'm pretty sure they did that year, 2006, when they won the championship. Mm-hmm. They started 23 and 0. That was. Uh, a legendary year for Nebraska volleyball, but uh, so they haven't been, they haven't started this good in about 15 years. So that's that's and and, and I'll, I'll keep saying it. Th- there's no seniors on this team. There's only <laughs> there's only some freshmen. There's really good freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. So can't help but reiterate how young this team I, is, and just to be able to, if this team keeps winning. The idea that someone's going to go into the transfer portal goes less and less and less. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at Wisconsin, they are a team full of transfer portal students that wanted to come in yep. and win. Nebraska has done it through recruiting and Coach Cook doing his thing, man. And if he can get to that 23-0 and start, and I know we've got Wisconsin coming up down the pipeline yeah. in Wisconsin. November 24th. Yeah, that's coming up. I'm very excited for that game. But really right now it's just, hey, let's get these tune-ups in get better as we prepare for the number two team in the country to come on back. But now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Where is it? Hold on. Where is it? There it is. Come on. She had the drought. It gets better every single time. My favorite song. That's right. Yep. Oh, where's the- yeah, there we go. We are the high rollers. <laughs> yeah, we are. We have a quartet of picks. We are Mama's Little High Rollers, and we got a quartet of picks, including our high roller pick. Yep. We have those. Uh, where do we stand uh, overall? So last week you were two and two. Yeah, Your baby. best week last week to pull you three twelve and one overall. <laughs> I've only gotten three. Yeah, right. yep, yep, three twelve and one. And then I was one and three last week to put me at five hundred eight and eight overall wow. uh, in my pick. So yeah, you set it to we're uh, having a new uh, new rule here. So one big high roller pick that's a plus seven underdog or more uh, to win on a money line bet so you mix those in with three other point spread over unders whatever you want to do money lines uh, and that's how we'll do it so who wants to go first i really like my picks and so i'm gonna i'm gonna go first go for I'm it i'm gonna go first so i am starting off all of my picks i'm calling it back throwing it back to my time when I was in Florida. I lived in Orlando for four years, and so I'm picking nothing but Florida teams. Only Floridas. Let's go. However, not picking them. Uh, You're just involved. involved Involving them. And as I look forward, as I look down my list, I'm like, ooh, I didn't really pick the Florida teams. Wake Forest taking on Florida (laughs) State. Wake Forest, a 20-and-a-half point underdog. 
I think they're going to cover. I don't think they're going to win. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that they're going to just cover that those 20 and a half points. I don't think Flor- Florida State's good. Is it in good. Tallahassee? It is, uh, it is at Wake Forest. Yeah, okay. So I think Florida State's very good. I don't think they're that much better yep. than Wake Forest. UCF taking on West Virginia at UCF. It's a home game. UCF seven point favorites. And I do think UCF is that good. Mm. I think UCF is going to cover those seven Big points. Big 12 game now. Big 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are, they're here and uh, in a Power 5 conference, so no one can bitch about them, them not getting in. There now they don't get in because they aren't as good. They aren't as good. That's right. <laughs> just, like, uh, yeah, just like it would have been. Had you have uh, went correct. through that season in 2016. That whenever, is correct. Whenever that was. I'm just saying. All right. Then we have Virginia at Miami. Yeah. Miami, 18 and a half point favorites. I think Virginia's going to cover. Mm-hmm. I Once again, I don't buy this Miami team no. in a similar way that I don't buy this Florida State team. Just like their, uh, you know, what was it? The Miami game, right? When they uh, didn't kneel for the ball. And then, uh, do you remember that? Earlier this season, they no. did. They could have gone down to yes. kneel it, and then they fumbled the ball. And then yes. who was it? I can't remember. I can't who remember came back who and won on them. But uh, yeah, yeah. So th- yeah, this is a tough Miami team. But they they beat Clemson last week, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe maybe Miami's back. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But I, yeah. I I'm not buying. I it. feel it. Yep. But now it's time for my. How am I going to do this? Yeah, good question. Big one. It's the high roller pick for Austin the Stash. And this one. This one's big. Yeah. This one's real big. It's Florida mm-hmm. against Georgia. Oh, boy. Georgia, number one team in the yeah. country. Yeah. Put them on upset alert, oh. baby. Florida, money line. They are 14 and a half point underdogs. The money line is at minus four or at plus 450. That's where we're getting the value here, brother. It's a big one. Upset number one, Georgia. I think it's going to happen. This Florida team haven't shown up a ton, but they could do it. The reason why that that spread is so close, and I say so close, meaning like Georgia has put up big numbers against teams. But Vegas knows this Florida team is something that could be an upset alert in the making. Florida always brings against Georgia. And they're going to bring it this time. So Upset you, alert, baby. You were just trashing on Florida here. You're like, I got a Florida quartet <laughs> here, uh, uh-huh. but I'm picking against the state of Florida <laughs> largely. And then you hit them with that grand That's finale. Right. Absolutely. Florida over Georgia. I love oh, that one. Oh, Gators. Let I me tell you, Gators. <laughs> Get some yeah. Gatorade in your system, baby. All right. So, All right. Yeah. Who do you got in your quartet of picks? So I'll start with um, I'll start with Wyoming and Boise State. You I love picked, this I love Wyoming. Wyoming team. I love the Cowboys, man. They're on the road though in the blue field they're on the blue field at boise state uh they're a five-point underdog i'm gonna take uh the wyoming money line on that so they're gonna win that game in boise state uh give them the dub all right ucla colorado ucla at home 15 and a half point favorites yeah uh, Colorado lost to Stanford. They gave up 29 points, lost 46 to 43 to Colorado. UCLA last week beat Stanford 42 to 7. And they're only 15 and a half point favorites over Colorado the Road. They're going to lose another one. Deion Sanders. Prime. We not coming. We not coming. <laughs> they lose. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go UCLA covers that 15 and a half. There I think they go. blow out Colorado. And then uh, Duke-Louisville uh, battle in the ACC. Uh, Louisville at home. They're four-point favorites. 
I really like the Louisville Cardinal. They smashed Notre Dame, yeah. uh, and Duke did not. So I'm going to pick Louisville uh, to win by over four points. So they cover that four-point spread. So just to recap here, I've got Wyoming money line over Boise State. Uh, UCLA covering over Colorado, point spread, uh, 15 and a half. And then Louisville, minus four over Duke. They cover that. And now my high roller pick. Mama's little high roller. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Rice and Tulane. What? Tulane. <laughs> Rice and Tulane. Tulane's 22nd in the country. Put some respect on the green wave. <laughs> uh, they're pretty good. Rice, though, at home, they're a 15 and a half. No, they're a seven and a half point underdog uh, at home. So uh, give me top 25 Tulane to fall on the road at the Rice Owls. Wow. And uh, give me give me Rice just to win that game outright. But that'd be a big upset because uh, Tulane's, they're not supposed to lose. When you get group of five teams in the top 25, everybody expects you to go undefeated. You know, finish. The, maybe, oh, maybe you'll get a. Maybe you'll get close to the college football playoff yeah. conversation. But uh, no, I like I like Rice to just ruin all of that uh, for the Green Wave. Uh, but Tulane's pretty good. Tulane is pretty pretty good. But uh, I'm gonna take uh, Rice again. They're. Uh, I think it was said they didn't have the. Uh, I know they were over over that seven. seven. Definitely over seven. It doesn't have uh, what they are on here. here I, I can, can I can check up. that out. Yeah. Yep. 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 It but anyway, that's uh, yeah. going to be. Very interesting. We mm. are Mama's Little High Rollers. And so just to recap, my I forgot to say what my uh what if you were to parlay this. Yeah. My parlay is sitting at plus three thousand seven hundred twenty six. Win yourself three hundred seventy two dollars on a ten dollar bet. If you go with Wake Forest to cover twenty and a half, UCF to cover seven, Virginia to cover 18 and a half points and Florida money line baby taking down the number one team in the nation. And your your high roller was what plus 415, right? Uh, yes, plus yeah. 450. I yeah, believe it was. 450. Mine was plus 295 there with Rice and Tulane. So you got me on that. Uh, <laughs> and you all, you also almost got me by a thousand on the uh, really a thousand on the odds. Mine's plus. 2,537 there you go. Uh, with Rice, money line over Tulane, Wyoming's point spread plus five over Boise State, uh, Colorado, or UCLA's point spread minus 15 and a half over Colorado, and Louisville's point spread minus four over Duke. So, uh, yeah, plus five, two, five, three, seven, ten dollars gets you 253 bucks. There you go. Little, so, little uh, bonus, yeah. little bonus pick for you if you're feeling it. Yeah. I bet that UCLA Colorado game goes over. Yeah. I think it I think the over under is like 60, something like that. I bet it goes over 60. I, I bet it so. be safe that it's going to hit 80 points. Yeah. I, I could see both teams Whatever the over under if it's like what 62 and a half something like that. Yeah, yeah it's going to be uh, 59 to 3 and it'll just uh, no 59 to 7. It'll get over a little bit. So, there yeah. you no. Know. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just just yeah. a little bit. It could be just Enough. It could be a shootout. It could be a shootout there in uh, the Rose Bowl. That's right. right. See, absolutely. That's going to do it for Siza <laughs> and the Stash this week. We'll be back on Monday to bring you our reactions to Husker football and Husker volleyball and anything else that's happening in the world of sports. I'm Austin the Stash. Find me on Instagram at Radio Guy Austin. He is Parker Siza. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Parker Siza. We are two cats talking about sports, and we'll see you next time. Peace.